morning, New Life Manitou. Uh, my name is Jamie, and I just want to invite you all to stand as we read our scripture for the week. We're reading out of Isaiah 9, verses 6 through 7, and it says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be on upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, to order it and establish it with judgment and justice, from that time forward, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. To remain standing as we pray, Lord, you are God. You came into this world as one of us. And this passage from Isaiah, written hundreds of years before you came, said that a child will be born and his name will be Mighty God. So, Lord, we worship you, Jesus, fully God, fully human, the Savior of all. Lord, we look to you and thank you. You are the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And all God's people shouted, Amen. 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 You may be seated. Let's talk about Christmas, shall we? I think there's a lot of things around this time of year that really aren't that important, that we make really important in our lives. And then there's things that are really important and we kind of downplay those things. I was thinking through things that we make really important around this time of year, like decorating, like putting lights up outside. How many of you spend hours and hours putting lights up? I see a few. We make that out to be really, really important thing. And then the grand scheme of things, it's, it's not as important as the fact that Jesus, God himself, came to this earth. Some of you will go to an ugly Christmas sweater party. Anybody going to one of those or have gone to one of those? So the, the time we spent picking out an ugly sweater and going to the thrift store, it becomes the most important thing. I know uh, as a kid, like I spent endless amounts of time, like, like eight hours a day, as if it was my job, deciding what I wanted for Christmas. I would look through, do you remember the Sears catalogs and the JCPenney cat before the internet of like writing down what it is I want? I was like, no, I don't want that. I would rather have this and how much budget do I have, mom and dad, for Christmas, to, and, and rethinking what do I want, and it becomes the most important thing. There's a whole movie about it, uh, the, the Red Rider BB gun that the little kid wants. It's like the whole movie is like surrounded by this most important thing in this kid's life, and yet if we think about it, that's not what Christmas is all about. We do need the reminders, people telling us, well, Jesus is the reason for the season, or let's keep Christ in Christmas. Like these are good reminders for us. The most important thing that has ever happened is that God has come into this world and we think about that. We remember that at this time of the year. The first point this morning, if you're taking notes, uh, is that Jesus is God. Jesus is God. The most important thing we can get, the most important thing around Christmas time, the life lesson is that Jesus is God. He is the reason for the season. We do need to keep Christ in Christmas. He is God. Now see, I think about all the other religions on the face of this earth usually say something about Jesus. If you look into Islam and you even go to the Quran, Jesus is mentioned in the Quran and he's mentioned as a prophet. Like the Muslims will tell you, oh yeah, Jesus was this good guy. He was a good teacher. He was a prophet. And in my mind, I'm like, well then just think for a second about what he said and what he claimed because he claimed and he said that he was God. And Buddhists will say that Jesus was an enlightened master. 
That's what Buddhists say about Jesus. And, and I would say like, well then look at what he said. If he really is enlightened, if he's a teacher and he's an enlightened master, then look at what he said. He didn't just say that the things are, are that, that he wasn't God. He claimed to be God himself on the earth. I and the Father am one. If you look at other religions similar to Christianity, uh, Mormons, Jehovah's Witnesses, there's a, a coffee shop down the road run by the 12 tribes. I have a lot of respect for people of other religions, but I would just say that's what it is. It's a completely different religion, these religions that do not hold Jesus as God. To us, it is the most important thing, and we can't forget that around Christmas. So I'm a nerd. Is anybody else, anybody else nerds just love studying and, and okay, me too, uh, those three of you. Um, and so I've, I've taught a couple, it's, it's a pleasure of mine. I, I, in the past, I've taught a couple college level classes. I taught some church history a while ago and I just loved it. I loved that time, that season of my life. And there was this argument that I presented and it was just a by way of review to the students and it just, it took a lot of traction. It just was a wonderful way of reviewing and thinking about what it is we believe as Christians and following that story in church history. So I would start with, you know, we, we would get to this point in church history talking about the legalization of Christianity in the Roman Empire and we would talk about the Council of Nicaea and they gathered together for the first time that le Christianity was legalized they, they gathered together all these bishops from the known world and said, here's what we believe. Here's what we already have been declaring as Christians. And that it was statements about Jesus. We believe uh, that Jesus is God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made of one being, of one essence with the Father. That's what the creed says. And at the end of the service, we're going to say the creed together uh, and get more familiar with it. It's the declaration of what we believe and what we have always believed as Christ's Father followers in church history. So that was, uh, that was organized and, and stated in 325 AD. And, and I asked the question, so getting back to this college class, I said, now why did the people profess that? Why? So it's, it's an argument that kind of flows from one's just asking the question, why? Why did those early Christians in 325 say that Jesus is God? And, and so you take a step back and say, well, they said Jesus is God because all the church fathers said that. You can name all these church fathers that, that, that said Jesus is God. That's what we've been declaring for now quite some time. And we could ask the question, well, why did they say that? And we take another step back and say, well, some of them knew the disciples and knew the firsthand eyewitness accounts of Jesus. These disciples like John, who wrote the gospel of John and opens up that gospel with, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And it goes on to say that Jesus is this word. He not only was with God, but he was God. So that's what John believed. And he was an eyewitness account of Jesus. And, and what you say, well, why would John believe that? And why were all these early Christians willing to go to their own death, believing that Jesus was God? Well, we ask that question, why? And we say, well, because Jesus himself declared and claimed to be God himself, one in being with the Father. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And going on and on, so many times claimed to be God. And today we're going to take one step even more back and say that even before Jesus said a word, even as a child, people all around him said that he was in fact God himself. 
God on this earth. And we're gonna look at uh, Joseph, the shepherds, Magi, and Elizabeth, each one of those groups or each one of those people very briefly and say that even as a baby, Jesus was declared to be God. God on this earth to save us. I think about that, we, we have this image of the baby Jesus around Christmas time, but fast forward to Easter when we think, well, what he came to do was to die on the cross for us and to suffer. And let's not forget that even now in this Christmas season. There's this semi-modern day parable of, uh, it's a Russian Christian parable of of what Jesus did for us and it makes sense to them in their culture. Years ago, the only means of travel in the Arctic Russia was dog sleds. And so imagine a king on a dog sled with his servants racing home as the sun is setting, trying to get home to safety in the dark woods. And then they hear what they dreaded they wouldn't hear and they hear a pack of wolves. If you've ever seen a wolf in real life, it's like double the size of a normal big dog and it's horrible. So they're they're listening to these wolves and then they see them chasing this dog sled and they just know that we're all dead. Like the the dogs, the wolves are gonna attack the dogs, the the wolves are gonna pounce upon us and we're all dead. And so one of the servants, knowing that everybody on the whole dog sled, including the dogs, like we're all dead, The, the wolves will catch up to us and will kill us. One of the servants jumps off the sled, throws himself off, comes to a rolling stop and all the wolves pounce on him and tear him to shreds and the the sled with the king and the other servants is able to make it safely back to home. And like, isn't that what Jesus did for us? Isn't that like he took the fall for all humanity so that we might live? And yes, that's what that's like. And the parable takes it one step further and says, well, actually it would be more accurate if it wasn't one of the servants who jumped off, but if it was the king himself who jumped off the sled to say, the rest of the servants. Isn't that what like the coming of God into this world is like? Coming in as one of us to suffer and to die for our salvation. So let's look at these four different groups. The first one is Joseph, and I wrote it down like this, that Joseph made his mind up that Jesus is God. Joseph plays this interesting role in the story of baby Jesus. He's engaged to be married uh, to a young girl. We're not really sure how old Mary is at this point, but he's engaged to Mary, and he hadn't been with her, and, and no one had been with her, and yet she is pregnant. And so think about that. Think about the, the tragedy of that. Think about the shame that would be surrounding that situation. It's like, bro, your fiance, like, what happened, man? And it's like, uh, well... In the Jewish way of life, what Joseph could have done is he could have brought her before the Jewish courts and the punishment for adultery is his death. And so they would have killed this woman, Mary, and obviously the baby inside of her would have been killed as well. But Joseph was a righteous man, a good man. He decided, I'm just going to divorce her quietly. I'm not going to make a big deal about this. I'm not going to make a scene. I'm just going to let her, you know, what a shameful thing to have happened while she was engaged. She was with someone else. It's horrible. He's just going to bear the, the, the shame of that and just separate himself from her. And then an angel of the Lord appears to Joseph. And the angel says, actually, Joseph, this is from God. And this is, this is the Lord's will. And it says this in Matthew chapter 1, 22, right after the angel appears to Joseph, it is said that all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him 
Emmanuel, which means God with us. What this passage is referring to is a passage in Isaiah. We just read a passage in Isaiah. This is a different passage where it says 700 years before Jesus came that a virgin will be with a child and they will be give him the very name Emmanuel, which means God with us. And so Joseph is familiar with that passage and familiar is like, wow, this isn't just a prophet that is being born. This isn't just a spectacular child that this is, this is being born, but this is God himself, the very name. Emmanuel, God with us. Wow. Talk up, think about that. I had a friend uh, who was an atheist. Um, I, I met him in a, in a weird way. This guy was an atheist, a president of the Atheist Club at Pikes Peak Community College, and he called the church, New Life Church, one day. He was like, is there a pastor I could talk to? And he's like, well, yeah, about what? And he's like, well, I'm an atheist. I kind of want to debate a pastor. And we have this debate at school. And so the, the, the lady at the front desk was like, uh, you could talk to Joe, maybe. And so <laughs> I took the call. And it started off really awkward, as you can imagine, and then got into like, well, actually, this is kind of an interesting conversation. And you're not calling to be mean. You're just calling to like engage in a conversation. And, and maybe if this works out, to, to do a debate at Pikes Peak Community College. So, so I was like, Let, let's get coffee. So I had coffee with this guy. And it ended up just, he was just nice to be around. And he was respectful. And I was respectful to him. And we ended up having a friendship and talking about religion. And we ended up doing a debate at Pikes Peak Community College. And people came up afterwards and were like, that wasn't a debate. Like, you guys seemed like friends up there and we we're like well we kind of are friends and we're just talking and, and 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 letting this conversation take place but anyways one of the things it was coming towards christmas time and i brought up this prophecy to this guy his name's adam and i said look at this the book of isaiah 700 years before jesus comes says look it says here a virgin will be with child and his very name will be emmanuel god with us jesus fulfills that isn't that pretty awesome and he, he took a long time to reply and he said yeah that's i don't know what to say to that that is pretty incredible. It's pretty remarkable that this is in the story of the Bible, that the prophecy was fulfilled. And Joseph knows these things and made up his mind that Jesus is God. The next group is the shepherds. The point is this. Shepherds were told Jesus is God. Luke 2 says that there were shepherds living out in the fields. This is the passage that uh, little Charlie Brown reads. And and what's the movie called? Charlie Brown Christmas. Thank you very much. So it's Charlie Brown Christmas. Every year it plays on TV, and, and somebody is it somebody? No, Charlie Brown doesn't read. It's the kid with the blanket, Linus. So Charlie Brown is like, "What is Christmas all about? Can't anybody tell me what Christmas is all about?" And, and Linus with the blanket drops the blanket and says, "There were shepherds in the field uh, nearby, keeping watch over their flocks. The angel of the Lord appeared to them. The glory shone round about them." And the King James is, "And they were sore afraid. Uh, they were terrified." And the angel said to them, "Do not be afraid, for I bring you good news." that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born. He is the Messiah, comma, the Lord. Wow. He's not, not, he's not merely a savior, not merely the Messiah, but he is the Lord. And these shepherds in the field are so afraid because an angel comes to them and they say that the, a child has been born and he is a savior, Messiah, and he is the Lord. The Lord has been born today. And they go and tell Mary and Joseph all that they saw. And there's this verse that just say, Mary treasured these things in her heart. 
The next group of people is the Magi, and I, I wrote it down like this. Magi were shown Jesus is God. It's a very interesting story, these Magi. Last week, we, we took a, a quiz, and uh, everybody failed, right? No one got 100%. Um, but one of the questions was, how many Magi were there? And, and some of you said, three, of course. There's always three in the movies, and they all have three gifts. But it doesn't really say how many there were. We don't know. Historically, there was 12, but who knows? It doesn't say in the Bible. But these men from the east, that's all we know about that. Like, how, how far east? Well, the east. Like, some people are like, maybe they came from China. Maybe they came from, like, what, what is today, like, India. We don't know. They just came from the east. And they show up because they saw a star. And the whole story is that they've come to worship this child that has been born. They're, they're not thanking God that a child, uh, has, uh, an important child has been born, uh, a king has been born, a prophet has been born. No, they're coming to worship this child that has been born. And there's a very interesting thing about the star, and, and as a, someone who's loved science, like I, I've gotten into the, 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 what could this star have been? And even today, while I'm talking, if you get bored, you could download a star app, and you could put in the coordinates somewhere in the Middle East, and, and you could could look back 2,000 years of what the sky looked like, and there's lots of theories, and I have no answers as to what these magi, these astrologers saw in the stars, whether it was things lining up, whether it was, some people say maybe it was a comet, Halley's Comet, maybe uh, was around that same time, maybe, uh, maybe it was a supernova, like a star exploding into like a brand new star where there was no star, very bright in the, in the night sky. We don't know for sure, but they saw something that brought them to Israel and they met with the king Herod and Herod by by talking to the Jews said where's the Messiah supposed to be born where's the king of the Jews supposed to be born Bethlehem as, as told by Micah the prophet so these magi it says this after they heard from the king so they talked to the king Herod they went on their way and the star they had seen went and rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was when the when they saw the star they were overjoyed on coming to the house they saw the child with his mother mary they bowed down and they worshiped him they didn't just thank god that a, that a, that an important baby has been born but they worshiped this little child the magi were shown that jesus is god this final person, Elizabeth, I wrote it down like this. Elizabeth proclaimed Jesus is God. Zechariah, this, this old man who is a priest in the temple of the Lord, has a wife, Elizabeth. And somehow it just says there are, Mary was a relative of Elizabeth. Could have been a cousin, could have been an aunt. We don't know exactly. It just says relative. They have a child in their old age, and that child will become John the Baptist. And it's an interesting part of the story because an angel of the Lord, st stay with me here, appears to Mary, right? Is it, it says it's Gabriel appears to Mary and says, Mary, you're going to have a child. And she says, well, how can that be? Uh, I've never been with a man. And, and, and the angel says, the Lord is going to do this. The Lord is going to come inside of you. And, and he is going to be born. The Lord himself, God is going to be inside of you. Wow. And, and so he says that fact that, that you will be pregnant and 
And he also, this angel of the Lord, tells Mary, and your relative, even in her old age, beyond childbearing years, she is pregnant. And so Mary kind of stops everything and goes to see Elizabeth. Because the angel says these two things. You're going to be pregnant, Mary, even though you've never been with a man. And your relative, even though she's beyond the years of bearing a child, she's pregnant. So Mary goes from Nazareth in Galilee down to Judea, 100 miles or so. You can look at a map and correct me later. Uh, And she goes down and she meets her relative Elizabeth. And here is what it says. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried down to the hill country of Judea when she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, blessed are you among women. Blessed is the child you you will bear. And why? But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? The mother of my Lord. Like Elizabeth realizes who this baby is, that it is the Lord. And Mary then becomes the mother of God. Like she gave birth literally to God. There's this song, Mary, Did You Know? Are you familiar with this song? It's a Christmas song. Uh, it's, a, it's a big secret, so don't tell anybody, but we're going to sing that. I'm not, but the, the, the choir band at New Life North next week is going to sing that song, a cappella. And one of the lines, the many of the lines are just so wonderful. One of the lines is, Mary, did you know that when you kissed your little baby, you've kissed the face of God? Like, think it like, Wow if we really hold to what we believe as Christians, that Jesus is fully God, then Mary gave birth to God. And and did you know, Mary, this line, that when you kissed your baby, you've kissed the very face of God. Mary was the the God-bearer, literally. And and I think we all, in in this season and and, in every season of life as Christians, that's what our role is to be, to bear God in this world, to bring Jesus into this world, into our conversations, into our life, into our decorations, into our time of celebrating Christmas, that, that just as Mary literally brought God into this world, Jesus, we are to do the same. So let me conclude with this. This is the The last thing I'll I'll say to you, and and next week we'll be at New Life North and the week after, let me leave you with a a modern day parable. I think it's my favorite parable. I I probably end up saying this every Christmas, and to me it never gets old. It's it's a modern day parable from uh, Paul Harvey, the radio guy from, he's passed away now, but uh, I remember in high school eating breakfast, my mom and dad and my brother, I think my dad would already leave for work, me and my brother and my mom, we would listen to the rest of the story by Paul Harvey. And this is one of his stories he talks about at Christmas time, giving honor and giving glory to Jesus being fully God. He says this, that there was a man and he wasn't a Scrooge of a man. He was just a man that, that didn't go to church. And so on Christmas Eve, his family goes off to church his, his wife and his kids, and he just stayed home because he didn't believe and he didn't want to be a hypocrite. So they go to the Christmas Eve church service and he stays home by the fire and the temperature begins to drop. A cold front quickly move, moves in and he's keeping the fire warm. And at the window, he hears a thud and he, he hears it again, 
another thud. And he goes over to the window and looks out. He thought maybe someone's throwing snowballs as a joke, and but why would they be out there? It's so cold that the temperature's dropping. And he looks out and he puts his head up against the glass and he sees that there's birds that have been trying to fly into the window to get out uh, of this cold and into some sort of shelter. And they're hitting the glass and falling dead on the ground. And he looks up in the tree and there's a huge flock of birds. When birds get really cold, they get really puffed up and they're shivering and they're dropping dead as he looks out the window. It's too cold. They somehow got caught in this cold front coming in. And so he, he's a kind man, so he puts on his boots and his coat, and he goes out there and sees these birds, and he wishes, man, I wish there was something I can do. He thinks of the barn that his kids keep their horses and ponies in. So he goes to the barn and opens up the doors, and he's like, How, come on, birds, get in there. Come on, go, get in the barn. You'll be safe there. You'll be warm there. You'll, you'll survive this night if you get in the barn, but the birds are just look at him like he's crazy. And then he thinks, oh, I got an idea. I'll put food down from the tree to the barn and, and make a little trail of food. And hopefully the birds will come in, but they're too cold to be interested in food. And there they stay in the tree. And then he thinks, I'm just going to try to maybe shoo them, scare them into the barn, but it doesn't work. He scares them, but they just go in all of the directions. And he thought, well, to these birds, they, they just must be terrified. It must just be some sort of scary, tall monster to them. And he thought, if only I could be a bird and I could tell them not to be afraid, if only they could see and hear and understand. And as the story goes, the man hears church bells in the distance above the wind. And he stood there listening to the glad tidings of Christmas and falls to his knees there in the snow. Would you bow your heads this morning? Would you pray with me? Would you quiet your heart? Lord, you have become one of us. You, you, you don't merely show the way to salvation, but Lord, you are the way, the truth, and the life. You are very God of very God. You are the true light. You're the light that gives light to every man. And in this time of, of darkness, in this darkness on earth, Lord, a great light has shown, and you are that light. You are God among us. The very heart of your message is that you claim to be God, not just showing the way, but being the way yourself. You are fully God, and, and we worship you just like the, the, the magi who come from afar. We don't just stand back and, and look at you as a prophet or a teacher, teacher, but we come in and we worship you. We worship Jesus, you, the child that was born many years ago, became a man, died on the cross for our sin. So, Lord, we thank you. We praise your holy name. Amen. Would you stand with me? We're going to declare this creed that, that was written years ago. It's the Nicene Creed. It's our creed we stand and we say together. For years and years, Christians have gathered and, and said this together. Say it with me. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and one Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the only begotten, begotten of the Father before all ages, light of light, true God of true God, begotten, not made, of one essence with the Father, by whom all things were made. 
who for us men and our salvation came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became man. He was crucified for us under Pontius Pilate and suffered and was buried. On the third day, he rose again according to the scriptures. He assembled into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father. He shall come again with glory to judge the living and the dead whose kingdom shall have no end. And we believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father, who with the Father and the Son is, worship, is worshiped and glorified, who has spoke through the prophets. And in one holy Catholic and apostolic church, we acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen.